for the first down and still on his feet. RG3 is going to outrace everybody. Roethlisberger looks, crosser, grab, he caught it, fights to the goal line, breaks the plane, touchdown Pittsburgh! That might win them the division! And the handoff to Tomlinson, left side, and he will gallop into the end zone! Charger fans are witnesses to history! Blitz Podcast, uh, as always, it's your boy Kane Schwartz coming at you, and... On top of me, right here. Oh, I mean, I probably could have put that Whoa. a little better. Yeah. And <laughs> under it really is that per- yeah, the person under my camera right now, Siler, and the person above my camera is Jaden. But yeah, we're happy to happy to hop on for the week three preview episode. But it feels good to be on for some late night uh, late night football talk. How we feeling, boys? Tyler, I know you had a uh, bad beat last night. Yeah, man, and the uh, Pat McAfee, the uh, the special that he had was, it was, I think it was Steelers plus seven and a half or whatever, and Daniel had like a free promotion thing, so I was like, all right, let me try it out, and did not uh, work out as the Browns scored a last second touchdown on a lateral or two. Um, also, I will say the silver lining is that I had Browns D, so like in fantasy, so like that ended up working out okay. But yeah, just a brutal beat. Um, but yeah, you know, it's football season. I can't be too upset. I mean, it's football, man. Like, it's just how it goes sometimes. Um, but yeah, I will say one question that I want to really quickly before I know Jaden uh, says how he's doing and everything. <laughs> Is there a more demoralizing feeling in sports than your team getting a penalty on third down when you've stopped the team? That's mm. it's pretty down. I mean, I was. Fourth, fourth down is probably worse, but obviously happens a lot less. Yeah, I mean that's that's about as bad as it gets. And and the worst is illegal contact because you can call illegal contact. Any it's it's play. pretty bad too when you uh, when you're going for an onside kick and your team recovers, but you then see after the play that the reason why you recovered is because your player jumped. Mm. Yeah, that hurts. Yeah, that hurts. That's that's a that's a dick tease right there. Mm. Couldn't put it any better myself. Uh, Jacob says, go fucking Ravens. Says he apologizes for the language, but he's here with it. He's here after hours. Now that'll get into the Ravens a little bit. Yeah, we'll, we'll... His tariff, George Pickens. <laughs> I, I've heard that through the grapevine. Is that he's uh, a little scared of Mr. Pickens. Mm, I mean, how about we dive into the, the Steelers last night, man? I mean, we already alluded to it a couple times. We had... Catch of the year last night. That's the that's the good thing, you know. Yep. How about you just take it away? I mean, man? I would definitely, I would definitely rank it as catch of the year. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm seeing OBJ comparisons, so that that really makes me feel good about what we've got. I, this was a guy I called my shot on. Um, hasn't really been able to produce so far, but neither has anybody in Pittsburgh. So I can't really like it when I'm, when people were like hyping him up for fantasy. I was like that. It's probably not going to happen, at least not this year. Um, Got the potential. But, yeah, we, we saw it again last night. Steelers offense can't work anything, can't do anything. First half, though, I will say that's probably the best couple drives that we were able to put together. Trubisky looked okay. Um, offensive line actually looked good for the majority of the game. Um, but then we came out in the second half, and it was just all gone. It was like they had been sucked out of the offense. Um, couldn't really move the ball. 
couldn't get the couldn't get the run game going, couldn't find anybody open. Um, and then now we're we're once again questioning when does Kenny Pickett come in? And we have the Jets next week, um, which you would think, you know, maybe that's an opportune time of when you would want to potentially be bringing him in. But, dude, we have a freaking gauntlet after that. It's at Buffalo, Tampa Bay at home, at Miami, at Philadelphia, and then we slide into the bye week. So, wow. It's probably not if, – if it happens, I think it happens during the bye week and – we have a full week to prepare of, okay, Kenny Pickett is starting, not he gets thrown in the middle of the game, unless like Philadelphia is beating the living shit out of us. And then he comes in, finishes the game, and then Tomlin has two weeks to decide whether he wants to roll him out against the New Orleans Saints and then at and then against Cincinnati. Then we go to Indy. And then towards the end of the year, do have a nice – we get we go to Atlanta, then we play Baltimore at home, then we go to Carolina. There's games in there where I would not mind seeing him, and then Vegas and Baltimore and Cleveland to finish out the year. So – I, I honestly don't know if we see Kenny Pickett this year, but I don't know if anything's going to be able to work, even if he comes in because it's Canada. I, I can't, I can't with him anymore. I can't do it. Like, I don't know if anybody's seen the next gen stats route tree that Deontay Johnson put oh. together, but it's to the to the outside of the field Outboy. every time. Yeah, he he is officially out boy, um, and that hurts because he's really good and. I mean, I, I do kind of get it of you you don't want to take your quarterback who's not very good and put him in situations where he's throwing it where most defenders are, but eventually more defenders are going to be on the outside if you keep throwing it to the outside. Um, and Nick Chubb ran all over us, but I think most people expected that to happen. Fair enough. I don't know what this – I mean, I watched I watch Matt Canada at Maryland. Mm. And I, I don't know. What, like I was telling, what they I told, it's like I was telling Kane last week. This is all because of Durkin. If Durkin didn't kill that kid, <laughs> that Canada wouldn't have gotten his shot. Head coaching, we wouldn't have noticed him, and he wouldn't. He'd, he'd be at Toledo State or something. Toledo State. Not, <laughs> he, wouldn't be, he wouldn't be calling plays. I think you need to do a uh, uh, some type of real breaking down how DJ Durkin is the one to blame for this dealer's yeah, PowerPoint presentation. Okay. I think you should absolutely do that. Um, I, I'll, I'll, I'll agree with you that I thought in the first half they did look really good. Um, I thought that Trubisky had some pretty good throws. Even at, on like that final drive, I know it was in garbage time, but like those two, two throws to Fryermuth, I was like, where the heck has this been? All game. Um, I thought Deontay did have a couple drops, but nothing that was like extremely bad, like no like guaranteed touchdown type drops. Um, but I thought Trubisky did enough, like you said, and and I totally agree with you. I think he did enough to keep the starting job for now. I don't think it makes sense to throw him in for next week against the Jets. And then what are you going to do? Because then you're setting up the kid to fail. No offense, but like going up against Buffalo, Tampa, this um, the, the Philadelphia. Uh, Miami and then the Eagles. Yeah. Like those four games going into the bye, like yeah. You were saying that if they're getting blown out by the Eagles, they could get blown out. No offense, but like we just saw what the Bills did to the Titans. I just said that because if they get blown out by Philadelphia, then that way they get to they could put him in in like the fourth quarter and then 
take that quarter and then ride that into the bye week and then you get two weeks to decide okay do we want to make this like our thing now or was that just because our quarterback's playing terrible we're bringing the we're bringing the backup in just like you would if anybody throws like four picks or something yeah yeah okay yeah that that makes total sense but yeah i i, I totally agree if you're going to make this move to pick it this season then it, it cannot come before the bye because all the one thing we all notice in this league is confidence is huge. If you have the confidence that you can win, if you have the confidence, you can do it. It can compel you to victories. How are you going to get confidence against some of those teams? Like it's just the bills is a great defense. Eagles are a great defense. Um, even the dolphins yeah. are a solid defense. The Bucks are a great defense. I mean, these are just so young quarterbacks. These defenses, young are quarterbacks are almost like, I mean, I know this sounds like weird, but like, they're almost like little kids. Like their developmental years are like so crucial compared to the rest of their career like i mean these yeah these first like four games are more important than like two seasons later on in his career probably combined you know yeah i mean prime example justin mm -hmm. fields yeah yeah um what skate bayless did make a great point put out a tweet that said look it, obviously this isn't whatever is happening right now isn't working and regardless of whether he's a actual you know skill wise update or not there's one thing that Kenny Pickett has, and that's intangibles. Dude has yep. the intangibles, and Trubisky has none. He has no – it just feels like – I mean, obviously, I'm not in the locker room. None of us are in the locker room. But it just doesn't feel like people are bought into Trubisky, and I know everybody's going to buy into, like, the Deontay, like, sitting there waving his hands. But it just – was anybody bought into Trubisky in Chicago? No. I was going to say, there's a guy whose confidence was shot because they threw him to the Wolves too early in his mm -hmm. career. Yeah. Yeah, maybe maybe it's just Chicago quarterbacks. I mean that 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 isn't surprising. That yeah. is also a point to make. Um, did you hear Tomlin's comments after the game, Jaden, when he said, uh, "I don't really want to make any." He said, "We're really focusing on next week." He didn't want to make any definitive statements, but if he were to make one, he like, "Are you looking at changing quarterback?" And he said, "No." So like, yeah. do you take a lot of stock in that, or like, I mean, to a certain degree, yes, because Tomlin is. It, at the end of the day, he is stuck in his ways, um, whether that be good or bad. Uh, and it, you're not going to switch play callers in the middle of the season. Like, you're not just going to fire Canada in week three and just go find another guy because, you know, there are a lot of people that are taken up. Like, there's not good play callers sitting on their couch because good play callers get hired. Um, but to to pull, to pull Trubisky right now, obviously it doesn't look good, and that's what the fans are going to want. And the problem that I have with it is you took Kenny Pickett because he was the the day one ready guy. He was the NFL ready guy. And I know Malik Willis didn't look fantastic uh, the other night, but he was he was the traits guy. And if you wanted to sit this sit here and play this game of we're going to sit him and we're going to wait, we're going to let him develop. You should have waited a round or two and you should have taken Malik Willis because you, you want Malik Willis is the only one with yeah. NFL minutes, yeah. though, which is ironically insane to me but like if you want to take the nfl ready guy let's play him like that that was the whole reason why you took him is because you want to be able to play him year one i don't i can't say with confidence i mean after being an nfl ready, ready guy isn't necessarily like oh that means you got to play him day one like i mean yeah that's but like if you were going to do this with like trubisky then i feel like you you should be it should at least be more of a conversation than what it is. And Tomlin's obviously not going to be like, well, I'm kind of wishy-washy between these two guys. Like, I don't really know what I'm going to do. But I don't, I don't know. I feel, like I said, if, if we were going to wait, if the plan was to wait, then 
We should have got a guy that's more upside and a guy that you'd want to wait for because the payoff is a lot better. Like, I feel like Kenny Pickett, to a certain degree, is about as good as he's going to get. Who so, was still available when you signed Trubisky? Not really. Everybody. We signed, we signed Trubisky at, like, 12, 15. Oh, jeez. The day that free agency. Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, I was still in class. I think that was the second post that I made when I got out of class. Or I, I might have still been in class when it started. Mm-hmm. So... That, that was, like, immediately. I mean, like, I remember telling you, like, why didn't the commanders go out and wait? Jameis probably would have been available. I mean, obviously, Jimmy G was still available until August. So, and that, obviously, good for San Francisco for not moving him, but. Baker would have been better. Baker would have been better than Baker, Trubisky. Baker would have been better. Yeah. I mean, you know what's crazy, though? And I don't want to get sidetracked, and we'll talk about this a little later, but, like. The fact that the Browns thought that Baker was the problem and supposedly you have a quarterback in there that, oh, anybody is better than Baker Mayfield, like, then if that's the case, then you should be a 12-5 and team this year, just like when Baker Mayfield was the quarterback, like, back in his prime. Like, I mean... Baker Mayfield would still be the quarterback of the Browns right now if someone else offered Deshaun Watson all that guaranteed money. Because Cleveland was out. Cleveland was, like, the first... it It was Cleveland... Carolina, New Orleans, and then Atlanta came in late. But Cleveland was out first. Like, it was down to Carolina, Atlanta, and New Orleans. And then it got down to New Orleans and Atlanta. And it was like, I remember seeing stuff that was like, it's going to come tomorrow. It's going to be one of these two teams. I had two graphics ready, both of them with Watson, like our breaking news graphic, photoshopped with um, Watson in a Falcons jersey, Watson in a Saints jersey. And then he... Cleveland offers him the guaranteed money, and he goes to Cleveland. Like, if, if somebody else would have offered him that money, he wouldn't be a Brown right now, and Baker would still be in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Crazy to think about how things are out. All right. Yeah, yeah because, ahead. I mean, if he had, if, if he had went – if real quick, if he had went to Atlanta, probably would have just been okay with suspending him for the year, and then you get him and Ridley back next year with Drake London and Kyle Pitts. And oh, a top five pick. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mark Cooper's looking really good, a lot better than I thought he was going to with Jacoby. Yeah, I mean, like, the thing was just, like, he's not exciting. Every, every like, actual thought, like, pointed to him being – because wide receivers, too, is Donovan Peoples-Jones. Like, if any – if they're going to throw the ball, they're going to throw the ball to him. It was just, like, a gut feeling thing that, like, everybody was kind of like, hey, eh, big, I don't really want Big DPJ guy over here. Don't – let's not forget. That's, yeah, that's, I know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I think it was more so people like didn't think Brissett was going to get 200 yards a game, Mm-mm. and 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 you would imagine 40 or 50 of those would probably go to the running back at least. Yeah, crazy shit. All right, boys. Well, that's a nice uh, Thursday night recap. Really bad beat for the over, but we digress. Oh, really bad beat. We had Najee Harris too because uh, he got credited with that fumble at the end of the game. Ouch. I had Najee Harris in multiple leagues. That. I had Najee Harris against you. Oof. That's <laughs> painful. All right. So, we did this last week, and we're doing it again. Uh, the formatting looks a little better. Uh, definitely jumbled. We're definitely still uh, messing around with that format, for sure. Um, but, yeah, we each came out with our fantasy rankings, just like last week. We did uh, top 15 QBs, top 30 RBs, top 30 wide receivers, and then Mitch did his top 15 tight ends. So we'll list all of those off for you guys and kind of just mention some notables off our list since we're other than going down the whole list. Uh, but, yeah, just kind of point out some guys that we like, don't like necessarily this week. 
Um, but Tyler, you've got some uh, some guys that maybe you should start thinking about Dropsville for. Yeah, absolutely. I want to I want to get your guys um, kind of take on some of these guys as far as like how what your leash is for them, whether that means you're looking to trade them immediately, whether that means um, you're thinking about possibly dro dropping them. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and start with Ezekiel Elliott. He has 11.8 points on the season. Um, some people were drafting him as an RB2. He was probably in like the top 15, maybe top 20 running backs at the beginning of the year. What are you guys feeling about him? Because at this point, he's, he's not even a flex option, really and truly. I mean, if you're averaging less than six points a game, you're, you're not even giving flex appeal. Mm -hmm. So I want to know from you guys what what you if you were an Ezekiel Elliott owner, what are you doing? Yeah, well, him? I was just an Ezekiel Elliott owner in uh, my fraternity league, and I am jumping for joy. If you can sell Zeke Elliott in your home leagues just because his name is Ezekiel Elliott and it's a recognizable name, do it. That's exactly what I did, and I won. So I feel great about that. And then in your home leagues, you can definitely do that. But I'm abandoning ship on Zeke, dude. Like, I mean. They're going to have to be throwing a lot now, especially with Dak out, uh, just because of the game script. What it's likely to be is they're going to be down a lot, so they aren't going to be running the ball a whole lot. Um, but if they are running the ball, I mean, I mentioned it last year that Zeke was going to have to be on the street holding a sign looking for a job. I think it actually might be the case this year, dude. Like, yeah, I think it actually might be the case this year, dude. Like, I was trying to get Pollard in a couple leagues. I couldn't come away with it. People have finally started to buy in, but that guy is no longer in insurance policy like Alexander Madison is. He is RB. He is the running back I'm rostering in Dallas right now. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd agree. I'd say you you hit it on the analysis. If you can, with your home leagues and people that know Zeke as the name and the guy that was you know top two running back three or four years ago. If you can sell him as anything close to that, if you can sell him as an RB15, you do so. And if you can't, if you're in a league where, you know, everybody's kind of hip, everybody's privy to what he's going to be, you got to just got to ride it out. Um, I mean, it's been two weeks. There have been people that have had a bad two weeks and have turned it on. Um, if you have, like, relatively better options, I'd go with them until Zeke shows you that he can do it. Um I think but the only you, point that Zeke is going to show people that he can do something is when he gets a goal line touchdown. And then people will be like, oh, like, let's buy back yeah, in so on Zeke. I'm, but it's going to be the goal line touches, I mean, are going to be few and far in between. So it's like that week when he scores a touchdown or two on the goal line from the two-yard line, everybody's going to be like, oh, Zeke's back. That's <laughs> I won't be one of those people. So, so okay, if, if you are to trade Zeke, what's, like, a viable person that you could get in return? This is in a – not in your your home league where you're going to be ripping somebody off. Like, what is an, an equivalent to, like, what you would what you would sell Zeke for? Like, for instance, would you would you trade Zeke for Traylon Burks? No. No. So, I, I wouldn't. an example of a I'm trade not, that I did yesterday, okay. it was kind of a package deal, but it gives you an idea. I did Zeke and Hollywood Brown for Gabe Davis. And that's like, I mean, I'm looking to upgrade at receiver there over Hollywood, who struggled this year, and obviously Zeke sucks. So, I mean, I, that's that's value right there if you're looking for a ballpark. All right, one guy that's been really high is Curtis Samuel. 
Zeke for Curtis Samuel? Any appeal there? I might think about it. If I can get a little bit more value, honestly, okay. at... So, so that's what we're looking is like from a wide receiver perspective, like wide receivers 25 and below, maybe wide receiver 30 and below is, is what you're yeah, looking for. The thing is, is, is like, like straight up. Right now, you are selling Zeke at what is likely his... At his worst. Yeah. Like this is... And that's why I'm saying like unless you can get what his preseason value was because a lot of people like the people that are like in their home leagues are like kind of fantasy experts that will like look at rankings at the beginning of the year like do all this draft research and then that's it like this is this is what my thoughts are for the rest of the year those people you could try and maybe move up because people kind of they do hold on to pre-draft pre-draft rankings all of us are a victim of it um with certain people but like I said, you're selling him at his absolute floor. So, like, unless you're getting something that you feel good about, maybe just try and ride it out. Especially, unless you don't have options. Like, unless you need a wide receiver or you need a running back to play on week to week. Start off, try and trade for Tony Pollard. <laughs> that would probably be where I start is see if you can get Tony Pollard because no one is going to look at Zeke for Tony Pollard and be – because Zeke, in most people's minds, is still RB1 in Dallas just, right. just off of name value alone. I mean, so, if you can get Tony Pollard – there you go. If you just look at the guys that are around Zeke in the, your weekly rating, rankings, Shaden, I mean, Zeke's sitting at 22. I would rather have James Robinson for sure, James Conner for sure, Daryl Henderson probably, Tony Pollard's under there, so I'd ha- rather have him. Like, Damian Harris is close. But, like, those, those guys that I listed right there, it's no question that I'd rather have. And then some of the other guys above, like a little bit above, Josh Jacobs, no question. CH, no question. Miles Sanders, Probably no question. Like, I mean, even though Miles Sandler's is battling it out in the backfield, so is Zeke. Like, I mean, believe it or not. But shit's great. Also, in the for wide receivers, Terry's sitting at 25. I would trade Zeke for Terry, and then I wouldn't expect them to accept it. And I know that's a little bit homer, but I wouldn't accept it. I wouldn't expect them to. Like, Bateman, if you can get Bateman for Zeke right now, that, that, I was shit. thinking about asking you guys about Bateman. Like, if you could do that and give up maybe a little more, because, I mean, if you could do it for straight up, you've totally fleeced. But just give up, like... And I would say and I would say Bateman is a sell-high target right now. Mm-hmm. Like, the guy has six catches on the season for 160 yards and two long touchdowns. And that's what's really made his, his fantasy season thus far. And I have him in multiple leagues, so like, I can't complain. But like he is, in my opinion, a sell high candidate. Whereas, like you said, Zeke would be. You're if you're selling him, you're selling him at at his floor, at his lowest point of the season, probably. Like you'd have to imagine something's going to rebound. To what extent we don't know, but it can't be five points a game like that. It has to be better right. than that. Like that's just that's the future. Um, all right, I'm gonna. I got I, I got four more guys really quickly. Derrick Henry, sixteen point seven points on the season, eight points per game. Um, and I think he's had eight in both those games. Neither game has been double digits. This is something that we were talking about at the beginning of the season with him. And I'll when, when I preview my preview of the week, I'll get into it a little bit more. But the teams are just stacking the box and making Ryan Tannehill beat them. And with no A.J. Brown there, who is he throwing it to? I know Burks is there. I know Bobby Trees is there. But, like, outside of that, you know, the, the targets aren't the, – the big-name guy is not there anymore. What – A, you're, you're going to hold on to him. Like, he's still going to be starting. I understand that. Can get for him. But if you're looking to trade – that's what I was going to say. If you're looking to trade Derrick Henry, what do you think a viable package would be back? What What would you target? You know, if you're like, hey, I want to get a, a two-for-one here where I'm going to trade Derrick Henry and pick up two players. Or if you're looking for a straight-up um, trade, like, 
what would you guys say would be a viable um viable so return? personally like i just traded for derrick henry and duck league which is our, our main league and um i have a lot of faith in derrick henry going forward and i was one of his biggest haters going into the year but the hate's gone too far and i think i mentioned it with zeke game script has been a huge reason why derrick henry hasn't put up the production that he did last year because the titans have been putting themselves in a hole too quickly and then it doesn't make any sense to run the ball with derrick henry like i mean especially against fucking bills the giants the giants game they were up 13 nothing yeah true i mean yeah that's true but he did get the carries he did get like what 20 yeah over 20 carries so like I'm happy with that volume there and knowing it's Derrick Henry, that feels pretty good. Like the, after week one, I was like, okay, like that was a stinker, but you know, I have faith because the volume's there, but like the volume's going to be there. It's just like against the bills. It was really scary because they just got down quick and they weren't going to hand the ball off, but that could happen a lot to this Titans team this year. Like there is yeah. the potential for them to just like, if they aren't starting the game ground and pound with Derrick Henry and keeping the game close, if they go down two scores, I mean, you can pretty game script is yeah, huge. You can pretty yeah. much rule out Derrick Henry for the rest of the game. Like it's yeah. not, and especially because he's not catching passes, you know. So it's it's a two it's a two sided thing. I just traded for him because I have confidence in the volume, and I only needed him as an RB two. So uh, yeah. it's. I think I think if he's if if as a Derrick, I I don't have Derrick Henry, but if I was a Derrick Henry owner, I would be circling this week. This has got to be the week that he breaks out. Like, there's there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Like, this Raiders defense, we've talked about how bad it is, especially at the linebacking position. Like, it, this is a great opportunity for him to have a 25-30 point game. 100%. What you think, Jaden? Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of on the same thing. If you have Henry, obviously don't panic sell. Um, but if... Like I said, if you can get the value that you would have gotten clo- or something close to what you would have gotten pre-draft, um, do it because it is it is scary to be to have him right now because all the points are making sense. Like, yeah, they were in some negative game scripts last year, but they also had a lot of games where their defense was practically winning them games. And even when A.J. Brown was out, that defense was stepping up to the point where they would have a little bit of a lead um, and certain points. But... Last year, he started off against Arizona, which their run defense was paper thin all year. But week one, they looked fantastic, uh, and he had 10 points. And week two, it might have actually been against Buffalo. No, it was against Seattle. I thought that was the Seahawks. Yeah, yeah when he boomed for 40. Yeah, he had 48. In an overtime win. So I know that, obviously, yeah. this was week two, and we didn't get 48 points. We got eight points. Um, just it, 40 it, shots. Like yeah, I was about to say just just like three games of an average just running back a worth. bit outside, <laughs> but yeah, it it is kind of scary. Um, I would try and like send bullshit offers if you can for to like people that are like pissed, like people that have started him, people that drafted him as their RB one, and are livid that he's getting eight points a game. They're like, okay, I I need to get out from under this because the people that drafted him, some people were drafting him in like four or five and they're like i've yeah. got nothing else if he doesn't most out, not so some I've, people yeah. most people were drafting him at yeah. four or five yeah. like i yeah it, unless it was cooper cup and jjf jumping up in that draft but i i think derrick henry for the rest of his career we we're talking about last week uh our rest of se- my rest of season takeaway was that these running backs that we've you know grown to love are they're 
careers are pretty much done. I mean, the best parts of their careers are done. Dalvin Cook, uh, Austin Eckler, Derrick Henry, guys like that. Um, but I think that Derrick Henry is going to be pretty equatable to a Marshawn Lynch later on in his career for the Seahawks. Like, he just got – you knew he wasn't going to be explosive in any way. Like, he's beast mode. He's just going to fumble that – rumble and tumble down the field he's gonna get the volume he's not gonna get the catches like it's and marshawn lynch later on in his career was still marshawn lynch but he was rb2 marshawn lynch and not rb1 marshawn lynch so i think going forward is it maybe not yet but i think i think derrick henry is more rb2 territory now i don't know the life of a, the lifespan of a running back. There's nothing like it yep. in the NFL. I mean, Swift guys above him on your rankings: Swift, Aaron Jones, uh, Joe Mixon, Austin Eckler, Dalvin Cook, uh, Austin Eckler, Saquon, Jonathan Taylor, Christian McCaffrey. I'd feel better with all those guys. Chubb is close, but yeah, I'd feel better with Najee. I'd have Najee. Yeah, it's close, but few. Some different. All right, what's your uh, what's your next guy? Kyle Pitts. Mm. He has 7.8 points combined uh, this year between two games. The guy's never scored a touchdown on American soil. He's only scored a touchdown in uh, the London game. Drake London had a great game last week, and Drake London's had multiple, I mean, way more targets than, than Kyle Pitts has had in these first two games. Is this guy, like, that good? Like, I mean, seriously, like, this guy's got drafted probably in, like, the third or fourth round this year, and he's probably, like, about that maybe fifth or sixth round last year he's always been taken as like a top five tight end last year we were like okay rookie season but like i know he's physical i know he's big i know he's an absolute freak but like is he is he just not good i think he's good no i think he's really good it's it's arthur smith and i don't understand what his deal is because like mario seemingly he wanted a real wide receiver and if you wanted a real wide receiver it's not like he inherited Pitts from the previous regime, Pitts was his first draft pick in Atlanta. Right. Jamar Chase was still available when they picked Kyle Pitts. So if you if you wanted to play this game where you wanted to have a bunch of good receivers, like obviously you're having fun with Drake London right now, despite the fact that Jalen Ramsey, I know he plays from the slot, but Drake London played a little bit from the slot too on Sunday. He still had 11 targets. Kyle Pitts had three. So if if you wanted to get a wide receiver involved, I don't know why you don't take Jamar Chase in the first place, but Arthur Smith comes out after the game and asks somebody asks, hey, why is your number four overall pick from two years ago, who's like generationally good, getting three targets? And he's like, you know, this isn't fantasy football. We're trying to win games. You got so defensive. And the immediate response to that would be, well, then why aren't you winning games? Because clearly whatever you're thinking right now, whatever it is that you're trying to do that isn't fantasy football – isn't working so maybe maybe let's uh maybe let's incorporate a little fantasy football into the falcons game plan next week because kyle pitts to be fair the falcons have looked a lot better than we thought they were going to be they they have and i i totally agree i better than the better than the version of the uh the falcons with kyle pitts catching a thousand yards last year also just want to say this real quick can we talk about the fact that team in our power rankings number 32 and 31 are playing each other this week and 30 and 29 are playing each other this week how does that happen <laughs> what i would i would shoot myself if i was in the part of the country where that the first one of those games plays at one and the other one of those games plays at four i i don't know what i would do dude we i would i would 
We have Go so many Bears fans down here because it's like we're we don't have a professional sports team in Kentucky, so like the closest cities are Cincinnati and Chicago. So there's a shit ton of Bears fans down here. They and all of the fraternity listens to the pod, which is awesome. But they fucking hate us for putting the Bears last. Like they hated us for putting the Bears like second to last in the power rankings. But now and then I was like, dude, all I want you to do, I was like, it's this simple, because they were just yelling and yelling. I was like, it's this simple. One thing. Name one team that's worse. And I So here's couldn't. my thing with this. Here's my thing with this. If you have if you have that big a deal about it, this is your week. This is your week to show why you're not the worst team in football. Out of all four of those this teams, is, two of them are going to be victorious, and two of them are not. I mean, very The toilet bowl. Whoever doesn't win these games, whoever doesn't win these two games is definitely two of the worst teams in football, in my opinion. I know Seattle won. I, I, I understand I that. Right. But that, that game was a crumble it up, throw it away. That game never happened. Um, but, yeah, I... These you're arguing which teams are worse. Like that's that's so yeah, bad. But like, really, the the difference. What, what kind of hope have they given you? Like that. Chicago. Shit. Like as far as when I came into the preseason power rankings, like what, the way I was looking at it was Chicago and Houston are in their own tier of hopelessness. Like there is nothing except for Bryce Young and Will Anderson. That is all that matters for those two teams. Whereas Seattle, like, okay, there's pieces here. There's DK Metcalf. You know, there's there's maybe something. You've got a couple guys here and there. Atlanta, you've got some weapons that are cool and you had AJ Terrell play well. Like, they were bad. They were obviously in the bottom tier of our but Chicago and Houston were like in their own tier of like they have multiple position groups that could be considered the worst in the NFL. And their reason for them not being the worst team in football, and I've heard this more than once from more than one fan, it's because of their cap space next year, which makes no sense at all about how good the team oh. is built currently. Yeah. <laughs> We're doing dynasty power rankings, sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Do that. I'm like, what are you talking about, dude? And and I do like the way, and I know this is completely moved away from what we were talking about fantasy wise. No, because it, no, because actually, actually, really quickly, the last person I have is Darnell Mooney, who has two point four points. Perfect. Season. Let's fucking go. Yeah, doing segways without knowing it. Let's go, man. But the way Chicago has done things, and the way that Ryan Poles has done things, I gotta say, I admire it to a certain degree because. They're, the way that their cap set up was they could take this year and just be like, you know what, Justin Fields, figure it the fuck out. Because next year we're going to have like $100 million plus dollars And if you show us enough, you can reap those benefits next year. You can, you know, you might have Will Anderson on the defensive side or a brand new shiny wide receiver in addition to multiple vets on the offensive line, a veteran receiver you know, a tight end that's worth more than Cole Komet. Like, you you could reap those benefits if you show it this year. Now, the question is, is he going to show it? And if they are picking number one overall, is Justin Fields going to be enough to make them stay away from Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud, who I can promise you, once draft time rolls around, everybody's going to want them to go number one because that's how it goes every year. When there's a quarterback that's that good, they're going to be pushed over the generational talent that is Will Anderson. It would, it would be it would be extremely comical if CJ Stroud did go to the Bears. <laughs> that would be absolutely <laughs> ridiculous because then you'd have both him and Fields on the same team. Um, but the other thing to keep in mind is the division they play in. And I know this is a little bit biased, but like I I do like the Vikings. I I, I think that they're set up at least probably for the next three years. I mean, we'll see what happens after Kirk. But um, you still got Rodgers in Green Bay. 
you know, I still think he's probably got another two or three years there. And the Lions, I think the Lions are in a better shape right now than the Bears absolutely moving forward. So those three teams are already a leg ahead of you. I know you have a ton of space. What what wide receivers are out there next year? Um, no I, clue, dude. Afterwards, you've got Smith and Jigba, which I'm yeah. not taking for Justin. I think. No, no, I'm talking about in free oh, agency. For, like, like if, if you're going to go out there and get like a new shiny big time wide receiver, like, I don't even who's know. out there? Because I feel like most of them are most of them are on rookie contracts. OBJ. They just got traded or signed this okay. year. Yeah, I, I just I don't think there there's any big name wide receivers that are out there right now. Yeah, but the but yeah, other thing, like I said, did we think anybody was going to be available this offseason? Devontae Adams became available. Tyreek Hill became available. AJ Brown became available. Maybe not in free agency, but somebody can come available through something. Who still needs a contract? Like, yes, ever contract. Yes, but who still needs a contract? Too. I mean, but, those but contracts have basically been filled, though. You know. Like I mean, that, that's what I that was what I was gonna say is that actually enhances my argument is that all these guys got signed this past year, and a lot of the other guys are still on that that rookie contract. Like the next one that's due for a contract is probably yeah. Jefferson, and then it's Jamar Chase, and then it's like, are we are we so, getting yeah, fucking I, ridiculous? I, I, like, are you? yeah, Henry Ruggs. <laughs> okay, nice Henry Ruggs appearance. On uh, on that note, um, uh, okay, yeah, yeah Darnell let's talk about Darnell would, would would you guys? Would, would you guys just drop yes. Darnell Mooney? Absolutely. If you if you've got something that you feel confident enough on, I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't even feel confident about it. I, I would. I would. I, if I feel half confident about it, I'm. If I feel a quarter of the way confident about it, I'm adding somebody over Darnell Mooney. I'm not rostering any Bears except David Montgomery right now. Like David Montgomery is what's going to like carry their season for the rest of the year, and it's going to look ugly because they're going to be running David Montgomery in a situation where it doesn't make sense, but. That's what they're going to do because they've got to, you know, win football games somehow. And uh, they don't have the receiving weapons to do it. So, yeah. In my 12-man league, in my 12-man league, I just looked and Darnell Mooney got picked in the sixth round. That's I didn't draft. To bite the bullet who didn't draft Darnell Mooney this season. year? Who didn't? Me? I, I, I said I wasn't taking a yeah. single base player. I like player Darnell I Mooney a lot. I don't know if I got the chance to draft. So, good on me. There we go. Fuck yeah. But yeah, totally safe to drop Darnell Mooney. If anybody on the list that you just listed is safe to drop, it's Darnell Mooney. For sure. So. All right. Let's dive into our uh, week three fantasy rankings. And uh, I'll start off with the quarterbacks. And leading the list off this week is a guy who I really, really made a case for against in the episode with Jaden this past week. But it's going to be Jalen Hurts soon. And you know why? Holy shit. You got yeah. him at one? Got him at one. Josh Allen would have been one. But, I mean, J- Jalen Hurts looked really fucking good. This man this man became a believer in Jalen Hurts in the span of about 20 No, hours. I'm not. I'm not a believer. But this is fantasy football, dog. Like, he's the. You got him at one. We're trying to win games. This is yeah, bro. Football. What the fuck are you talking about? This is fantasy football. He runs the ball. He could. He has the potential to go over 100 yards easy. And this Washington defense, I thought, I thought that it was going to return to top five four. Maybe. Why was I such a fucking idiot? I don't know. But this is not happening. This won't happen. We can't. Uh, what's what's that? Uh, quote from Saban. We couldn't stop shit or a tin tin can horn or some shit. I don't know. But. I'm very upset. We can't, we can't stop anything, bro. We, 
I don't know. We could have like a whole army of elderly people try to run through and they would it, all of them would go 90 yards untouched to the end zone. So I that's how bad our defense is right now. Uh Jalen Hurts is going to be able to throw the ball if he wants to, and I don't want to hear jack shit about it because our secondary just sucks. Um so he's going to throw the ball and if he wants to run the ball, he can do that too because we've been getting smacked in that. So, you know, he he can really the world the one thing I'm going to world is his oyster in this game in my opinion. The one thing I will question, you have Mahomes at five, yeah. but you have Herbert at three. Was this done Okay, so this is if it? Herbert plays. Because 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 I'll I'll say this right now. And, and I was talking about it with my buddies and like crazier things have happened, but <laughs> that line was literally cut in half. Vegas moved that line from Chargers by seven to Chargers by three and a half. They know he's not mm. playing. They, there's no there's no way they do that and leave that big of a like cut that spread that like that is a significant amount. There's only one way that they do that, and that's because they know he's not. Playing. Yeah, but I all like in a game that Herbert isn't like playing. Said, crazier things in a game happened. that Herbert isn't playing. I'm probably taking Jacksonville in the money line. Yeah. I, I, w- I would probably so if the spread's minus three and a half Chase Daniel earning that million yeah dollars, like <laughs> I think we'll get a confirmation that Justin Herbert's out I think that spread goes to plus three or uh I don't think it'll move that much yeah I was about to say it's really hard for it to shift and, and, and they're home and they're home yeah it's 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 already made its move not to not gonna... okay. all right fair enough yeah. wait what Jade what'd you what? say Jade I just said it's Jacksonville like it's not something you feel like you're going to move 10 points regardless of who's playing or not. Yeah, I just, I'm buying in on the Jags this year. I mean, obviously through our power rankings, but um, that's if Justin Herbert yeah. plays. But honestly, as I look at this, I don't feel great about it, especially after what Jay, uh, Mitchell said in his injury analysis, like that that throwing motion. I mean, that's going to tweak that every breathe. time. Yeah, I mean, like, that's going to tweak that. So I don't know. And it's not, and it's not that you're, and it's not as much as it's painful as it is that you, you, yeah. it's tough for you to breathe, uncomfortable when, when that's happening. Like I mean, we saw it with Breeze. Breeze really struggled when he has uh, had his uh, rib injuries, and he eventually had surgery on that. And then, um, this is not the ribs, but Baker. I mean, he was uncomfortable all last year and looked like a completely different quarterback. Russell Wilson, like uncomfortable, like. Shit that makes you uncomfortable will make you look like ten times worse of a quarterback. So don't underestimate that. Speaking of which, where 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 do you have Russ? Oh uh, yes, yes. Yeah. So um, oh, I've right. got Hurts at one, like I mentioned, Josh Allen at two, and then uh, as we go down the list, somebody I really like this week, number seven, Tua, obviously going up against Buffalo. A little bit of a uh, insane. I mean, you are absolutely insane to like him. In okay, this is it against Buffalo. I don't necessarily have to like Tua, this is, like this is... per versus the Buffalo offenses or Buffalo defense this week. I'm more like Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle catching it, taking it 50 yards to the house and contributing a lot of stats to Tua. I think that's gonna happen all year, and this is gonna be the hottest take that I've had all year. And you guys are gonna fucking bury me for this, but Tua could win Offensive Player of the Year. Okay. I mean, yeah, it's week two, and he's got because because he's he won't win MVP cool. if he has these crazy stats because they'll be like, you know, it was because he had Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill. But 
I mean, with the offense that he's set up in and feeding those two guys, and if those guys, like we mentioned, are going to finish as top 10 wide receivers this year, both of them, I think there's an easy chance that Tua can finish as Offensive Player of the Year this year. Yeah, but the problem... I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this really quickly, and, and then I'll let Jaden get to his point. This is This is the game. This is the game where you prove if you're in that upper tier of quarterbacks in the AFC or not. Because last week was great, not taking anything away from him. Fourth quarter comeback, 28 points, absolutely incredible. How can you follow that up? What do you do after you're on that big of a high? And now you're going against a better team, albeit at home, but you're going against a better team. And that's the big question mark because the great quarterbacks in this league can do it week in and week out, no matter who the opponent is. Ken Tua do it. And this is... I don't want to label it as like a Super Bowl for him, but this is this might be the biggest game of Tua Tagovailoa's career on Sunday. Hands. Down. I'm not writing Tua off if he does poorly against a really good Buffalo Bills defense. I'm not either. I'm not either, but I'm not putting him in the conversation with Allen, mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson, Mahomes, Herbert, okay. even Burrow. I'm not. I'm not putting him in those conversations. I know I like you were going to say that as soon as I, I said like that. that. I knew you were going to say that, and that's because of what's happened over the first two weeks. Yeah. So, but I'm still. I'm still a burrow. Well, I still think it's outlandish that you put those two words in the same sentence. MVP is a quarterback award. So if a quarterback's going to win an award, they're going to win MVP. Offensive player of the year has kind of become a pass catcher's running backs. I understand just that. recently, like because running backs rack up the stats, mm-hmm. and then if quarterback backs up stats, he's going to win MVP. So I, I find it hard to believe. And to us, but MVP is we learned very clearly out. how the MVP process worked last year. It's a bunch of sports writers who vote very objectively versus subjectively. No, subjectively versus objectively. And they like, they, right. they're not, but, it, two is not going to win MVP. It, it doesn't matter. Like, he will if he keeps doing what he's uh, done. I don't think, I what think a lot of the case, the, the case is going to be saying. from all the sports writers that he is not the most valuable player on that team. Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle are the most valuable players on that team. Like, I, yeah, I totally agree. That's why I think he'll put up undeniable stats, though, and he could win Offensive Player of the Year with that. That's why I think he'll win Offensive Player of the Year. I totally crazy. understand that quarterback is MVP reward. Totally understand, but they won't give it to Tua. They won't, and it'll be. It... Which is wild, because in 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 that argument, he the team he's going against, Diggs is probably a better receiver than both of those guys. But Diggs doesn't get anywhere near the consideration that those two guys get. Yeah, well, now, I mean, if he keeps doing what he did. And the crazy thing is we're still ignoring it. I mean, right now, Tyler has Devontae Adams in front of him, two spots. And I know he's got a tough matchup, but, like, it's just so weird. Like, he's put up, what, like, 81 points in two weeks? And, like, okay, Cooper Cup and Justin Jefferson are still still being held in a higher regard, at least fantasy-wise, than what Diggs is, which is insane. Yeah, yeah. I, I just think it's a matchup thing because I'm imagining Xavier Howard is going to be on him, yeah. and I don't, I well, don't like that. Ma- I don't like that matchup as much as I like doesn't, Devontae Adams. Xavier Howard doesn't really shadow because he can't really shadow to begin with. I mean, like, he'll probably play his side. Byron Jones um, is also a tough matchup, I, though. My Miami secondary, I do think, will... Yeah, yeah. And, that's, and that's why I have Diggs a little bit lower yeah, because of that, exactly. But I, 
that I just look at this game as being so pivotal, not only for this season, but like, once again, back to that word confidence, you want to get some confidence, you go out there, you ball out this week to a, and, and there's going to be talks of him in that, what you said, offensive player of the year or MVP case. Absolutely. If they go out and win this game, there's no doubt. And, and he has a good game. Like it's not just because of a defensive slugfest yeah. or something. Then, then yeah, I, I have no reason to, to stop being a, a, because I'm still on the on the Tua is not good side. I'm still on that side, and and not good is a bad was, way to yeah, put it. But he's not like, in that. Not as not as good it. as I right. think it's, that he is. Yeah, yeah. Well, and the thing is, like he's in he's in the Kirk Cousins Carson Wentz Derek category Carr. still. Do you want to get up into? Yeah. Do you want to get up into that once Speaking again of, that, that upper echelon of quarterback? Derek Carr stinks. And while I was like the attitude, of, he's been awful. He has a 40 through two games, 46 O line, 46 PFF passer rate, 46 O line, and He's very tough matchups. I think that's why I have O-line. him at eight this week because Cardinals, Cardinals yeah. are not a tough match. I mean, just the way that they came back and kind of demoralized. Look at what Mahomes did. Look at what Mahomes did. Yeah. We've won to that defense. Right. I like Derek Carr this week a lot. I have him at eight, right behind Tua. I think I think this week, yeah, I, I agree because I, I expect a shootout in yeah. in and the they City need for sure. I mean, there, and the Raiders need. Mitchell Trubisky win. has a sixty nine point nine PFF passing grade. I, if the Raiders don't win this week too, I mean, they're pretty much toast. Um, I yeah, I got Derek Carr at eight this week. Um, you mentioned Russell Wilson. I do have him at ten, which is lower ish than a lot of other people, but I don't know. I. This Russell Wilson isn't the same Russell Wilson. I can't believe they just gave him a contract, too. Like, I know that he's looked pretty much like Russell to you guys, in your opinion, but, like, it's just too many bad vibes coming out of Denver right now. I mean, Jerry Judy's hurt this week. Um, Daniel Hackett doesn't know how to call plays. Uh, Javante Williams is just going to get better and better. Like, I, I just, I don't like Russell Wilson at all this year, just for the rest of the year. Also, is 31st in PFF passer grade right now. 31st. Is is he ahead of Trey Lance? He is ahead of Justin Fields and Justin Fields only. Mm. He's not even ahead. Well, I, I was looking at, I was thinking Trey Lance. I, I didn't know if he was in there as well. Oh, Same. my God. Um, two omissions you didn't have, which are normally guys that are, are in this top 15, probably even top 10. That I don't disagree. Like I kind of agree with you on this. Is Brady and Rogers? Neither mm. one in the in the top fifteen. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, well, yeah, Rogers Brady, fifteen. And- we just have not I mean, we saw Rogers last week. I mean, Aaron Jones truly does look Rogers like just at fifteen. My bad. Yeah, no, no, no. You're good. Um, but I mean, they're at they're lower than they usually are. I mean, twelve and fifteen. I mean, they're usually getting up there towards the ten range, bottom tens uh, before twelve at least, but. I think Tom Brady Let does Let me know have if you a... had Jared Goff ahead of Rodgers and Brady at any given week during the season. Uh, yeah. Anything. Right. I mean, after, after what, Jared, uh, after what uh, Jalen Hurst did to that Minnesota secondary, I feel fantastic about Jared Goff this week at 13. Uh, but, yeah, I just got wrapped up with my quarterback rankings for the week. And with that, we'll hop into uh, Jaden's RBs for the week. And he's just going to list off a... Uh, couple of notable ones for us so take it away my man um yeah i don't really i don't, one matchup that i like a lot this week is obviously david montgomery versus houston um 
we talked about earlier, the toilet bowl. I think that the Bears need to score points, and throwing the ball does not seem to be their uh, method of choice right now. So I think they're going to end up throw, running the ball a lot with Montgomery. Um, he had 115 yards on 15 carries last week, just didn't get in the end zone. Probably his uh, point total obviously would have looked a lot better if he did get in the end zone. Um, and that snap share that I was a little worried about as a Dave Montgomery owner between him and Khalil Herbert was 15-4 to last week. So it seems as if there's uh, starting to be a little bit more of a discrepancy between those two. Um, Daryl Henderson, I still like him. I know that Cam Akers, it started to creep back towards average uh, last week, but I still think that there's they they seem to like him enough to keep him coming on the field. And Arizona, I, I still don't have faith in what their defense brings to the table. One thing I'll say about that um, is I think Nick Aker, I totally agree with that. Akers, I think, is more of the gadget guy now, and Henderson is the bell cow back. Continue. Yeah. How do you guys um, feel about Akers, yeah, though? Like, are you starting I'm him? dropping him. I'm personally comfortable dropping Akers. Um, it, like I said, and I was this is before we got cut off, but the most commonly made mistake in fantasy football, I feel, is that people hold on to their late round draft picks way too long. Like you took the guys that you took past like round nine or ten. I mean, I'd feel comfortable dropping most of those guys. Like, I mean, depending on how confident you are in a particular fella. Acres. Akers was like a fourth round pick. Yeah, yeah, for, yeah, yeah, no, 100%. And just in general, like, people are too late dropping their late round picks. <laughs> but, like, Cam Akers, even though you put a fourth round pick into him, the the performance has balanced it out. Like, a tenth, if you're going a guy in the 12th round in your fantasy draft and he kind of just had a few, like, obvious sputtering weeks to start, like, like okay, you can drop him and feel good about it. But, like, Cam Akers has been so bad so far that it bounces itself out, and I feel comfortable dropping Cam Akers. Four guys that have shown a lot more than he has so far this year. And we haven't seen a healthy Cam Akers uh, since he tore his Achilles, really. Yeah, well, it, it depends on what your waiver situation oh, shit. is. Obviously, if you've got somebody like a Jeff Wilson, or like, let's say tomorrow, Najee Harris tears his ACL and Jalen Warren is it for the rest of the year. If Jalen Warren's available, you drop whoever you feel is, you feel the least confident about on your team. But like, if you're just dropping Cam Akers because, oh, he didn't score enough, let me just drop him and pick up the best player that's available on waivers for this week. That's, I feel like that's just giving up too early to a certain degree because you're, you're just dropping him to drop him. But like if you if it comes down to making tough decisions, then obviously you have to do what you have to do. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it for my running back rankings this week. James I mean, Conner, uh, Michael say, Carter, no, James Conner, yeah. yeah, I don't have anything. Um, I I mean their I think their point total was even last week, but Carter got the catches, Brees Hall got the touchdown. Um, it's it's going to be like this at least for a couple more weeks until. I think Brees Hall is this what you expected from Brees take Hall? over the job. It's just right. Now. No, I don't. I mean, I, I don't think yeah. anybody expected. I mean, we mentioned Hall me and Tyler like were kind of completely mentioned. Honest. I mean, MCJ did. during the offseason, but I didn't think it would be this. Like, I mean, I mentioned Damian Pierce over Brees Hall, but I didn't. Pierce hasn't been all that great either. 
has been terrible. Ter- yeah, I was about to say Pierce has been a colossal. Has gone from being like whatever you would rather like whatever you would usually have a third round running back on the worst team in the league to sh- should you be taking him with your fifth with your sixth pick like with your sixth round pick to like not dropsville but like if like said if you've if you've got options on waivers you're probably thinking about it right now because he's not been very good and you probably if yeah. the, depending on uh, how Damian early you drafted you didn't put that much that investment into it. i'm dropping for for a hot ad on waivers it doesn't matter who it is like i mean obviously it matters who it is obviously take some consideration but out of the top guys available on waivers like i don't know curtis samuel for example or like who were some of the guys that were on waivers this week I mean, yeah. j- like maybe last week, Jeff Wilson. But any of the hot waiver wire ads, I'm just because I'm picking um, up not Rashad Perryman. His... Yeah, like right yeah. now, there's not there's not too many like hot waiver wire ads. Um, but on the Brees Hall, Michael Carter thing, Michael Carter PFF grade is significantly better than Brees Hall. He's running the ball better. He's working better in the passing game. So I, I still think Brees Hall is a more talented player. It just seems kind of like a case of like just a rookie being a rookie and just needing time to adjust. Um, and you usually don't expect that out of running backs because like these guys, like we've seen in consecutive years, we've had like a Najee Harris and guys like that come in and hit the ground running. So to see a running back, kind of like the tackle thing where we, we saw Rashawn Slater and Tristan Wirfs come in. And when we see a tackle have a normal year, we're like, what is going on? Um, I think it's just rookie stuff for Brees Hall, and maybe once Zach Wilson gets back, they're like, okay, we're going to start moving towards what's what's the future here. Uh, last um, thing about your RB rankings, hopefully uh, Brees Hall. Personally, feels really low for James Conner. Uh, yeah, okay. he's practiced. He's yeah, he questionable. Was, he has been there. questionable. There was talks about whether, um, you know, you know, who should you pick up, you know, you know, or Daryl Williams, and okay, okay, yeah. Okay. It's going to be Sweet. game time decision, so that. that's um, kind of okay. Yeah, okay, cool. Tyler, give it to us, man. Um, Yeah, Cooper Cup at one. We were talking about Cooper Cup. I mean, he's probably going to be the wide receiver run every single week. I mean, it's not even matchup-based anymore, but you're putting him in a matchup against the Cardinals. I mean, 40 points is not out of the realm for this guy in this matchup. I mean, I'm not going to say it's going to happen, but, like, if it did happen, would we all be that surprised? I mean, I'd be like, damn, yeah, another Cooper Cup type week. Um, I'm confident in 25. Yeah. Like, I feel at some point you just got to stop doubting it. Cooper Cup like, at good. some point you just got to be like, I mean, we did He's it all there. of last year. Like, got to stop doing it. Got to, I'm doing it personally. I've been doing it since last year. I'm still doing it. Once I've created. <laughs> I traded Robert Woods. I lesson. stopped downing it. As long as I had Robert Woods, I was like, What's "Going on, this can't keep happening. Mm. It can't." And I, was I do. Like, you know what? He's back. I have Amon Ra St. Brown at five, and that's something that we can get into. But I mean, this guy continues to do it week in and week out. I think he's had nine straight, maybe ten straight games now with eight catches or more, something crazy like that, um, dating back to last year. At some point, you know, we're talking about Cooper Cup. You got to stop doubting him. When are we going to start stop doubting uh, Amon Ross St. Brown? The guy just continues to put up points. And we saw, you know, these Philly wide receivers 
even though they didn't put up the biggest numbers, I mean, they still had great games. Even Quez Watkins had a, a pretty good game against the Vikings secondary. So as high as I was on the Vikings secondary after the Packers game, uh, I've definitely come back down to earth with them as a whole, um, rightfully so. Um, but yeah, I love Amon Ra this week. Michael Pittman at eight. This Chiefs defense is still, you know, it's still got its 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 holes. It's still got its question marks. I mean, I think that they are vastly improved. I still think that this is still a solid defense. But if the Colts are ever gonna save a season, if they're ever gonna show that their offense is worth something, because all they've really done is score points in one quarter, and it was the fourth quarter against the Texans. They had six points going into that fourth quarter, and then they scored two touchdowns to tie it up and go to overtime. Other than that, what they've had two field goals. That's it. Um, so that's that's why I'm like, you know what, if they're if the Colts offense is gonna do anything, it's just, it's gotta be this week. Um so I have Michael Pittman pretty high. Um a couple guys later on down that I have pretty high. I have Drake London at 15. Oof. This guy showed last week that he I mean, what did you say, Jaden? He had 12 targets, I think, last week. The guy is a baller. Uh and he's a physical Love presence. It. He's going against, in my opinion, a pretty porous uh Seahawks secondary. Um, so I, I really like Drake London this week. I've got Garrett Wilson at 23. This guy, if you can get him, go. Go and get him right now. This, in my I agree. I think you might have missed, I think you might have missed it, though. I mean, obviously, you, when he has six points in week one as a rookie, you don't really feel great about trading for him. But after he has 30, dude. People, I also think People buy in on rookies when they Unlike when they a lot of other rookies, how it's always, Garrett Wilson was drafted a lot. Um, I tried to go pick him up this week in a lot of leagues, and he'd already been drafted. So it's like, yeah, if he's available though. But, but what I'm yeah. saying, I'm saying, I'm saying as a trade candidate, I would, I would oh. even go get him in a trade candidate. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Like I would, I, 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 I love this guy. Like obviously the price, yeah. But dude, Garrett Wilson in Dynasty. I mean, he he was the number two receiver drafted in this class. Was a lot of people's wide receiver one in this class should take over like elijah moore is good but elijah moore is going to end up falling back into a slot role garrett wilson is a number one can do it all wide receiver this guy got julio jones comps coming out which i didn't really entirely see but teach their own but he's legit good and if zach wilson is also legit good garrett wilson's going to be his guy for you know however long zach wilson is there so dynasty wise could be a steal and i mean this like i remember seeing garrett wilson like in our dynasty league that we did yeah garrett wilson was getting drafted in like the 60s like when a rookie when a number 10 overall pick yeah is available wide receiver, like that feels stupid and i think it's because it's because he was on the jets i mean that's really and truly the only reason but i think once zach wilson comes back it's only going to elevate his status that much more also elijah moore is still there like i love elijah moore still i agree i love elijah moore like i think he's still Corey davis is there too yeah i think elijah moore actually offers a threat to being wide receiver one over garrett wilson pretty easily but I mean, right now it's Garrett Wilson. I don't know. I think right now guys, it's Garrett Wilson. Talent, talent wise, yeah, talent wise, this guy is absolutely incredible. Um, quick other little notes. I do have Mike Williams at twenty one. I have him a lot lower than some other rankings. I just feel like with Herbert presumably being out, um, I feel like that's his status is going to take a bit of a hit there. And not only that, did you know that the Jags? I know it's you know two weeks, so we don't need to jump the gun and go crazy on it. Um, but the Jags defense is top 10 in scoring, top 10 in total D, and top 10 in takeaways. Mm. Quietly. Agreed. I played in DM Washington. Carson Wentz has, is, is 
what second in the league in yards? Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not first in picks actually. Uh, I was wrong when I said that. Matt Ryan actually leads the league. Isn't that funny? And he leads it by two more picks. So uh, probably over Jameis. Uh, Matt Ryan threw three picks on Sunday, which put him two above Carson Wentz. Uh, the guy who was supposedly supposedly supposed to be a replacement for Carson Wentz, but that's turned out to be a real shitter, Indianapolis. Yeah, I'm happy. So fuck you guys. <sighs> Last two things. I have Terry McLaurin at 25 and Curtis Samuel at 28, and I probably got Jahan Dotson in the 30s as well. I think this number one receiver is completely up for grabs. Um, I, no. I, I like Terry. I think Terry's great. But what I've seen from Curtis Samuel in these first two weeks and what I've seen from the rookie and Jahan Dotson, it's, it's, it's a total crapshoot when you're looking to start a Washington receiver week in and week out. Oof. Any one of those three can be great, but any one of those three can also probably lay a dud and not be as great, which is why I have them both in, in the 20s and Jahan Dotson in the 30s because I don't know what's going to happen. I really and truly have no idea who's going to come in week in and week Terry, out to be the number one receiver. Terry was one of those guys that got a huge contract. He was one of the receivers. For sure. And he's our number one guy. Like, come on. Like, I mean, he is, you could start him week in and week out and feel confident about it, in, in my opinion. But when it comes to Curtis Samuel and Johan Dotson, I mean, total crapshoot there. Like, I have a lot of faith in both of them to both be viable options because I think this offense is really cooking. Like, finally, now that we have, like, an actual professional quarterback running our offense, I mean, it's... It's amazing to see what the offense can do with a guy like Curtis Samuel, who we paid a bunch of money to last offseason just to get injured and not play last year. But now, I mean, he's looking to step into like a Debo Samuel type role. So I like Johan Dotson too, plenty. Obviously, he's a little touchdown dependent to start the year, which kind of scares me. I have more faith in Curtis Samuel overall, but I got to disagree with you there. Terry is clear cut number one. Curtis Samuelson, wide receiver 10 in fantasy this year. Noted. Just saying. And then the last guy that I have on my list is Perryman at 30. Brady's got a third of somebody this week. Um, Julio's not looking like he's going to play. Godwin's already been ruled Cole out. Beasley. I know Russell Gage is there. I know Cole Beasley got signed. I, I mean, I know that they signed Cole him this past week. I think to the practice squad. Um, Russell Gage didn't practice today, so he's – possibly not going to be playing this week so i know scotty miller's there but like brady's got a mm. yeah brady's got a throw to somebody he had that touchdown to to last week so maybe that sparks something there and we've seen perryman this is my favorite word you guys know he shows flashes so maybe maybe brady finds some chemistry with him this week um and that's why i have him at 30 but yeah overall i had you know some guys a little bit lower than i think some people anticipated and i had definitely had some guys a little bit higher than people anticipated for sure sweet all right, uh, one guy I don't see on this list, and uh, just to clear things up, uh, Robert Woods, welcome to Dumpsville. Done. I'm dropping Robert Woods. I'm picking up Traylon Burks if I can, because I'm dropping Robert Woods. I'm yeah. Well, the thing is, Robert Woods is like when you're down in the 30s and 40s and 50s as far as like rest of season rankings go. If you aren't shooting for guys that could eventually get you 15 a game or something like, or just save you a week or something, then you're doing it wrong. And Robert 
Woods is never, ever, 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 at least in this and offense, going another to be omission, uh, Lazard so, yeah, from this I list. Agree. Not a top 30 receiver for you this week. It was between uh, Lazard and Perryman, funny enough, going against each other in the same game. Um, but I have Lazard right at like 31, 32. Okay. Sweet. Yeah, he got the uh, got the touchdown last week. Didn't get a whole ton of volume, but I felt confident that he got that touchdown. And doing the ayahuasca touchdown celebration uh, made me feel good about his chemistry with uh, Aaron Rodgers. So obviously if he's doing that, he feels other... pretty good about his relationship with A-Rod. So. The other guy that I almost threw in there as well is Noah Brown. Um, mm. definitely shown mm-hmm. some chemistry with Cooper Rush. Um, I don't know what's going to happen once Gallup comes back. CD 2.0. Um, but for right now, but for right now, yeah, for right now, I mean, Noah, Noah Brown would be a viable flex option in my opinion this week. Yeah. And when he got it, only reason I say that is when he catches the ball, I think it's CD Lamb every time. Cause I have CD Lamb in like three leagues, but it's not Noah Brown. Yeah. And 80, 85 and 88 are definitely tough to, to decipher, especially when both have long hair. Yeah, exactly. It's a pain in the ass. All right, let's move on from our fantasy talk this week, and let's dive into our week three picks. And just like last week, we're not going to go down the list here. We'll recap it next week um, and how we did, just like we did at the beginning episode this week. But we're just going to go ahead and pick a headliner game uh, for the each of us and some things to watch in that game, and also a spread alert. But... Before we start, we are going to do a little segment where we pick the most surprising team so far in the National Football League. And this could be good or bad, like surprisingly bad, surprisingly good. You can take it any route you want. So, Tyler, you want to take the reins, man? Um, I'm probably going to go surprisingly bad. And I know it's been with some injuries, but... I mean, the Indianapolis Colts. Mm. This is a team that we as a pod collectively picked to win the AFC South. And and to be honest, they definitely still could because of how bad this division is. But one one loss, one tie. I mean, like we said, they put they had one quarter basically where they put up points. Um, and Frank Reich might just not be it. Uh, and I think that that's what this is coming down to. I know. And then the other thing is, like, maybe you want to invest in a younger quarterback because going older quarterback to older quarterback to older quarterback is clearly not working out for them. Um, You've got the best running back in football on your team, and you're not even really utilizing him, um, which is why I question whether or not Frank Reich's going to be there after this year. Um, So, yeah, this is, in my opinion, been the most surprising, the most disappointing team in the entire NFL this year. And I think we had them in, in our bottom tier of the rankings this week, and I, I was making a pitch for that because I just everything about this team is just it it just screams, you know, top ten pick next year. That's that's what I see, and that was not. I mean, people were saying this might be a dark horse pick in the AFC to possibly sneak in and make make a, a AFC championship. Jonathan Taylor, MVP candidate, yeah. like heard all that. Yep. That's over, dude. It's got to be Frank Reich, right? I mean, he's just a piece of shit. Like uh, they have a playoff ready roster, a clearly playoff ready roster. And they can't get it done. This line also is not as good. what I thought this line was yeah. going to be. This line is missed. They've missed so many assignments. It's the left spot. They've still got their – it's one Wait, dude Nelson? and Bernard Raymond. No, I can't no. remember the, the vet's name um, at left tackle. Yeah. Um, hey, I – you didn't say 
tackle. Yeah, you didn't specify tackle or guard until I heard you say tackle or guard, and then I was like, never mind. So, fuck your chuckle. What's his name? Matt Pryor or Brady Murphy? In the NFL, I... Okay. Matt Pryor, yeah. Jaden, how about you go ahead with your surprising team, good or bad? Um, honestly, I, I was like, I think I had everything ready because we whittled it down from like the most surprising two and zero and one and one and zero and two, and then the least. And I didn't figure out my most surprising team, but I, I'm probably going to go with Philadelphia. It's a surprisingly good. Um, I didn't think it would be this good this soon. Like I thought, it's not a lot of newness, but plugging a new receiver in when you've been a predominantly run-heavy offense that really hasn't been able to support one um, fantasy-relevant wide receiver or one fantasy-relevant pass catcher last year. And now you've got A.J. Brown getting um, a lot of targets, um, and this team is clicking on all cylinders. Like, we talked about it before the show. Philadelphia just came out and outclassed Minnesota in all aspects of the game, it felt like. Um and they've got another opportunity to do it this week against Washington, be 3-0, and which I don't think – it's probably going to be a group of two to three teams that are going to be 3-0 and going into next week. Um, obviously, the Giants feel like that team that's probably not going to be undefeated next week because they're the yeah, Giants and they're undefeated somehow. Um, but this is – there will be a big win. Um, yeah, I know, but it still just well, doesn't one feel team's right. going to be undefeated between um, the Bills and Dolphins. I mean, it's that, that was going to Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um but yeah, Eagles definitely and you, surprising and I, this I agree. Good. You know, I was I this, was looking at it from a value standpoint and they they had 33 to 1 odds to win the Super Bowl at the beginning of the hmm. year and I was like, man, that's an absolute steal. Should have jumped on it. Didn't what is what it is. I talked about them. I said that they, they could probably win the NFC. I said they would play in the NFC Championship. I said two out of three teams between the 49ers, Vikings, and Eagles would play in the NFC Championship. And one of those looks pretty good. The 49ers still might end up getting mad. I don't know about the Vikings. We'll see. But um, the Eagles are, are definitely, in my opinion, they're the best team in the NFC. Yeah, I was just about to say that. I mean, it's it's pretty clear right now, too. I mean, they're dominating. So, And there's not a lot of competition over there in the yeah, NFC. Yeah. So, you know, uh, for my uh, most surprising team, I will go surprisingly bad. And that's going to be the Denver Broncos, dude. I mean, this was a team that was supposed to be brand new, brand new quarterback. And not only brand new quarterback, but it's Russell fucking Wilson, who you also just tacked on a massive extension for. Um, you add him to this amazing receiving core and a Super Bowl-ready roster. And Aaron Rodgers, former OC, like, it's not working out. And I I mentioned this before the year. I don't think Russell Wilson's going to be good again. Like, and that's why that contract just makes me, it makes my stomach feel sick. Like, I can't believe that somebody would waste that money. And, of course, it's the fucking Broncos because they haven't had a quarterback since Peyton Manning and struck out since every every quarterback since then. So you have a name in a quarterback that you're sure about and you give them all the money. But I think it's just going to be another massive quarterback mistake for the Broncos. And I think their season is in shambles, right? Shambles. So, yeah, that's a... Yeah, they were going to be my pick 
um, as I was going to say surprisingly dysfunctional, but the problem is I didn't see this being that big of a surprise for them to be dysfunctional this early because like we talked about all offseason, it's a lot of newness. This is, I believe it's the only team with a new quarterback and a new head coach, that co- that head coach also being the play caller um, on offense. There's just a lot going on in Denver. And obviously the dysfunction that's going on with the head coaching itself and the play calling with, you know, the on the sideline yelling run or pass and the clock mismanagement that has struck them two weeks in a row, taking away you know, a total of however many, at least six points. Um, but like I said, it's a lot of newness. Do I think that Hackett was a mistake? It surely seems like it right now, but I think might want to give him a little bit more time to figure it out. I still think they could be players um, in this division. Jimmy G has a 105 passer rating on Sunday night football and is four and two straight up. The other thing, Talking about this with the Broncos and how inept they are when they're in the red zone. They're 0-6 in the red oh. zone scoring opportunity. They're also the only team in the NFL that is averaging over 100 penalty yards a game. That's terrible. Also got to the goal line oh. and got zero. Yeah, they they got backs, to the goal line at least twice. How do you fail in the red zone, bro? Oh, my God. I mean, they're... Their touchdowns were like a 30-yard touchdown to the third-string tight end and the Jerry Judy deep touchdown that they had. That's it. Every other thing's been field goals inside the red zone. It's so bad. It's so bad in Denver right now. It's scary. And I have I know the I know the Raiders are on too. I feel a lot better about the Raiders right now than the Broncos personally. I don't know. Yeah, uh, it's close, but I feel better. It, no, what's we know what's wrong. Vegas and I know that that's like would sound better but like we know what's wrong with Vegas and the things that are wrong with Vegas probably aren't going to get fixed between now okay. and November or December Denver could figure it out like they can they can figure out this head coaching stuff the roster is there the problem with Vegas is offensive line okay. corners I mean pass rush to sure. a certain degree from all right interior. let's hop into our headliners for the week boys and if you aren't familiar with this little segment it's uh the games we're looking to watch the games we're going to be tuning in for having our bag of popcorn ready for so um i'll go ahead and go first i'll go ahead and go packers at the bucks in the 430 window um some of the things to watch in this game this could be an nfc championship preview but some of the, uh, it was last year yeah yeah and well, and no, NFC Championship was uh, Rams Bucks last year. No, Rams Bucks was first round. That was yes. well, second uh, round. Oh, yeah, Rams you're Niners right. was you're right. yeah, you're right. NFC mm-hmm. Packers yeah. Bucks was year before, right. and then yeah, because uh, Aaron Rodgers won MVP and he was yeah. supposed to, it was supposed to be the last dance with yada yada, yada. but okay, um, so great to watch. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm going Packers Bucks. Uh, things to watch, obviously, NFC Championship preview. Possibly, um, these teams have been the perennial favorites in the NFC for the past few years. But I mean, we were just talking about it. that might be leaning the other way. You know, the, some of the other teams in this division that fought it out last year for the NFC Championship, the Rams. I don't think that they're going to make it back there this year. Um, they are not looking good to start the year. The 49ers, they're adjusting. They made a whole game, they made a whole season's plan with uh, Trey Lance, and obviously it won't be too bad of an adjustment. 
going to Jimmy G, who was your quarterback last year. But, I mean, they were pretty much a fluky-ish team last year to make it as far as they did in the playoffs. I mean, not not a lot of people expected them to make it that far. So, those are the two teams in play. Also, the Eagles. I mean, those are the guys that are really threatened for that NFC Championship spot right now. But, these are the perennial teams that have been dominant in the NFC over the past few years, and they could definitely make it back again. But, a lot of it depends on, and my next thing to watch is whether or not Brady can get back on track because he has not looked like the Tom Brady of old in his first two games. A lot of shit going on at home with the guy. Um, there's been a lot of stuff saying like he's not acting the same and he's looking kind of weird. Like, I don't know. There's a lot of weird vibes surrounding Brady. Not to mention that he doesn't have any of his wide receivers this week. So, it'll be tough for Brady to get back on track, especially against a talented Packers secondary. Um, but last thing to watch in this game, and this is more of a, well, honestly, has a lot to do with Aaron Rodgers' success for the rest of the season, but also a fantasy tidbit, who emerges as the Packers wide receiver one as we get more into the season. It has not been made clear yet who is going to be Aaron Rodgers' number one receiving target this year. Um, the rookies, a lot of uh, Christian Watson, Romeo Dubs, uh, some new faces, Sammy Watkins. Like these guys, they've been in practice all week for three weeks now. They've seen, they've seen game time. Sammy Watkins out this week. Oh shit. Okay. Um, but yeah, like these guys, uh, especially the rookies, they've been in camp. They've been going through practice weeks in preparation for game day. They've been through three weeks of practice. So I think this is when we're gonna see. Either Christian Watson or Romeo Dubs step up as Aaron Rodgers' guy, potentially, alongside maybe in Alan Lazard and Robert Tunyon. But, you know, if it's going to be a week, I, I think we start to see these rookie wide receivers emerge this week. So, yeah, that's my thing to watch for the, uh, the headliner game. So, yeah, I'll give you a couple little nuggets on this. This is the second lowest point total in Rodgers' career in a game, and it's at four, in the regular season. And it's at 42, which is absolutely ridiculous. Um, the unders are three and one when these two quarterbacks face each other, Brady and Rodgers. Brady's three and one against the spread against Rodgers. Packers are 0 and 4 their last four road games. And this stat I love Green Bay is 33 and 18 against the spread under LaFleur, which during that time since he's been coach is the best in the NFL. Mm. Solid. Fuck yeah. All right, well, you want to go ahead and uh, give us your headliner, man? Yeah, um, my headliner is Raiders-Titans. So these are two teams that obviously are desperate for a win. Both these teams are 0-2. There were a lot of people that saw both these teams as playoff teams, maybe right on the cusp of playoffs, and neither one has looked good in either game so far this season. One question that I have for you guys is which is worse? getting beat 41 to seven or blowing a 20 point lead and losing in overtime. And that's going to be the big question because which team is able to come back from a demoralizing defeat in whichever way you want to look at it and is able to propel themselves to victory. I think it's more um, of a negative effect. If you lose a 21 point lead and end up losing because you can, that's just kind of like, Holy fuck. Like that's so like you go into the week knowing like, we tried like everything we could and we just couldn't like get over like that's really hard to get over like emotionally but like if you get blown out you could just be like okay that week like we could just write that off 
like fuck it didn't happen like it's hard to write off a week where you're leading 21 points and then lose the lead like that's really hard to do the same thing with like you can kind of just scratch away a week that you get blown out in yeah i mean i would probably agree with you on that the only negative thing is that for the titans this is a short week you know they played on monday night so it's one less day of of rest for them um the big question is this to get right game for derrick henry he's averaging 3.1 yards per carry and has not had a rush of more than 20 yards this season we talked about it and this is something that we were fearful of of the titans can only run the ball so teams are just stacking the box the cardinals ran for almost five yards a carry albeit a lot from kyler murray last week against the raiders so does that open things up for derrick henry this week the other question is does Devontae adams bounce back i have him ranked as my wide receiver too this week because i think he does he had 10 catches for 141 yards in week one and then last week he had two catches for 12 yards against, in my opinion, a very porous Cardinals defense. So let me ask you guys this question. Which one do you see being more of the trend the rest of the season? And I don't want to hear, oh, he'll fall somewhere in the middle. If you had to pick one or two, which ones is going to be? Jaden, I'll hand it to you first, dog. Do you think Devontae is more likely to put up 10 for 141 or 2 for 12 in every week the rest of the season? And Oh, yeah, 10. Yeah, it's 10 for 140. If I, yeah. Cause I mean, that's what he did. That was oh, what yeah. made him who he was in Green Bay was like, he's, he can dominate a team if you give him 12, 14 to targets. And I know that that's, you know, kind of hard to do in a regular offensive game plan, but that's how Devontae Adams makes his money is if you make him a target monster. Um, I don't think that two catches for, 12 yards is going to be in his future a whole a whole lot anytime soon just he's he's just too good they were to also that winning for basis. a lot of but that Derek game, so get like shit together weren't forced then, to throw the ball but in the game against the chargers you were neck and neck all the whole time so and Derek carr is one of those guys like i've talked about it a million times he can win you a game but he's like he's got he's got Devonte now so it's like it's almost the perfect combination because Devontae can win you a game by himself and then Derek, just by pushing it, like pushing it, forcing it. Like, and that's what I've seen with Devontae. Like he's managed to force it and Derek Carr can definitely force the ball in there as well. So how do you hate Derek no, Carr? No, I mean, I, I probably agree with you guys, but I mean, I, I will be concerned if he does not have a big week this week. If he doesn't have a, a typical Devontae week this week, like if he has like a three for 40 or something like that, like, that's when I'm going to start to be concerned, especially if I'm a Devontae Adams owner in fantasy. My thing is, last week, um, though, like, who else? Nobody really took the targets from him. Like, it's not like Hunter Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller, like, they had great weeks. Like, they didn't. Like, that would be my they had concern. a pretty large target, target share, though. Hunter Renfro didn't get too much. I mean, I think Adams had seven, so... I mean, I don't know if you take that as a um, good thing or a bad thing. I mean, I wouldn't take it as a – I mean, seven's standard. I wouldn't say that that's, like, incredible, but it, it's definitely standard. Uh, Matt Collins had eight targets, Renfro had ten, mm. and Waller had eight. Oh, okay, so all above. Yeah. All right, fair um, the last thing I do, The last thing I do want to touch on in this game is the Titans have a 38% chance to make the playoffs – and a 31% chance to win the division, which shows just how bad the AFC South is. Because on the other end, the Raiders only have a 16% chance oh God. to make the playoffs. 
So this, in my opinion, is an enormous game for the Raiders. And to be honest, whoever, whoever loses this game, their season's done. There's no, in my opinion, there's no way you're starting off 0-3 in the AFC and making the playoffs. Maybe in the AFC South, but like. If the Raiders, the Raiders lose, yeah, I was about to say, if the Raiders lose, their season is done. If the Titans lose, yeah, because if, they if can the still lose, win the division, which is insane. Yep. The Colts are right in the same bed, pretty much. I mean, they got the I mean, tie. If the Texans were to lose so to the Bears, the boat, if the Colts were to lose to the Chiefs and the Jags were to lose to the Chargers, which all are underdogs, and the Titans lose, then we're still in the same boat that we were in last week. And we're looking at a team that's going to end up being 7-10, and 10, maybe 6-9-1, and one, that ends up winning this division. Like, it is... It is that bad of a division this year, but yeah, that's my that's my preview of this week. I think this is an extremely pivotal game for uh, for both teams as you know you look ahead for this season because these are two teams that are in win nail mode. These are two teams that have bought into what they have and they've kind of put all their chips in and said this is what we're going to go with and this is what we're going to try to win with. And one of these windows is going to be closed after this week, in my opinion. Jets, Bucks, Jets, Bucks, um. Chargers, Lions, and Texans. Those are the only teams in NFL history to come back from 0-3 to make the playoffs. There you go. Yeah, so this is a must-win game for one of those teams if they actually have playoff aspirations. So, all right, Jaden, hit us with it, man. Yeah, so mine is um, Dolphins-Bills. Uh, this the battle of two 2-0 teams, the only – battle of 2-0 teams that we're going to have this week. Obviously, huge implications in the division. The two favorites for the division going to be matching up this week. Um, and we've talked about it earlier with Tua, how he's riding that high of last week. Obviously, there's so many implications for him because after last, I mean, what he, how he played last week is probably going to have him the closest to Herbert Burrow, that whole AFC cluster of quarterbacks, or the really the NFL cluster of quarterbacks that he's been for his entire career and could be for a very long time, especially if he doesn't back it up this week. I think if he comes out and has a good, like, doesn't necessarily outplay Josh Allen, but comes damn close to it, he might earn a little bit of respect. But if he doesn't, like if he comes out and lays an egg, it's going to be a while before we think about Tua the same way we were thinking about him or relatively close um, so what's the good game for Tua? Two fifty and two touchdowns. Four no days picks. ago. Um, I mean, if that's against a good game the Tua, best defense really in football right now, Jaden Kozak. For, like, you, that's a good game. We should against the to. best defense in football right now. What? What did you say? I mean, still. I mean, I'd, I'd expect Herbert to. I'd expect Herbert. I'd expect Mahomes. I'd expect those because that's what they're supposed to do. That's they get paid fifty million dollars a year. That's why they're the top guys. Tua, they're supposed Tua to. Tua isn't even in my opinion. He's not Dude, one he win away from being in the conversation of Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes. Like you guys have been saying that this whole podcast. I'm couldn't no, be farther I'm from just that saying, opinion. Like, you're not, not gonna like, hear you can have the. I'm not saying that he's in that same category, but you can no, at least I, have a conversation about it if he were to go out and throw for like. 350 and three touchdowns or something. Yeah, we can have that conversation next week about whether or not he's put himself in that category. I'm not saying that he's in the same category. I'm not saying that it will happen even after this game, but you can at least have that conversation. Okay. Yeah, and the flip side of that is if he doesn't have that kind of game, it's not going to happen again. 
it's, it's going to be a while, and it's going to take a lot more. I think you're taking a lot of stock in good the game that they're play. playing, the best team in football with the best defense in football playing really hot right now. Like that's because of what he, because of what he this, did last week. This is what I'm saying. These types, of, yeah, these types of guys, the guys that can put up those kinds of numbers, they're not matchup dependent quarterbacks. I'm not like worried about. Brady or Mahomes against certain because those are those guys like they are those dudes and I don't know if Tua ever will be one of those dudes just so since Patrick Mahomes didn't perform against the Chargers last week may not have it what's going on is he just Tua now but he's but he's done it previously like we've seen it previously we haven't seen it previously from Tua okay yeah we have one week we have one week to go off of that's fair okay yeah um but struck moving, a chord. Moving off struck of Struck a chord. Sorry, my apologies. Sure struck a chord. We <laughs> episode. <laughs> Injury report got got pretty thick for both rosters. Uh, Xavier Howard, questionable. Teron Armstead, questionable. Um, also, Micah Hyde, out. Um, and and Davis White still on IR. So you, you hear that. that? Micah Hyde, Davis White. Xavier uh, Howard during the yeah during the Monday night game um, he's another danger that plays significant time for that. Kyer Kyer Elam is the guy. So That's you it. hear, yeah, but you've got in Buffalo you're going to have Kyer Elam and Christian Benford starting at corner one and two both rookies, um, and then you hear obviously Micah Hyde, Xavier Howard, um, and Tre'Davious White. Xavier Howard's questionable, so he might play. But if he doesn't go, that's probably the three best secondary players in this matchup specifically, all not playing. When you've got an offense like the Bills right now and you have an offense like the Dolphins right now, the bet to make on this game is whatever the fucking score, whatever the total is. And I think it's the, over, right? it's, because it's the highest over-under between these two teams in the last 35 years. Wow. I was about to say. But in comparison to like the over-unders so far this year, I'm slamming that over, dude. Like, also, yeah, and the crazy thing is, unders are winning at like a two to one rate now. Like, unders are hitting like crazy. Um, also, Ed Oliver not going to be playing this week. Jordan Poyer also questionable in Buffalo. So what you're saying so, is the Dolphins have injuries going around. Um, the big matchup to watch is also the Dolphins. I also heard this. I never said that the Dolphins. I, I also heard that this is Buffalo. Week, where the away bench is positioned at the Dolphins Stadium, that sun is going to be beating on the Bills the entire time, whereas the Dolphins will be in the shade. And that heat and that humidity down in Miami in September is absolutely brutal. And they aren't used to that. I don't know Buffalo. how much. I don't know how much of an effect it's going to have, but look yeah. out for that. Yeah. Um. Dolphs have not beaten the Bills in their last seven matchups, so essentially, I don't know if Josh Allen was playing because it would go back. No, this they have not beat Josh Allen. Yeah, they have not. The Dolphins have not beat Josh Allen yet, so that's definitely something to take into account here. Um, this is definitely, I would, I would say, probably one of the best defenses they've had. Obviously, those um, Brian Flores defenses were very good, but. This Bills offense has looked insane. They look like a tier better than everybody that they've played so far, and they've played the Rams. Josh and Allen the lost number his one first ever start against the Dolphins. Um, wow. 
Okay, yeah, so... I've, yeah, Obviously, the, that's still hanging over Josh but, Allen's head. Um, Obviously. Right, yeah, right. I, was, I mean, that's that's bulletin board material right there. Right up um, the locker. Right, yeah. yeah, they've just kept it up for the last seven matchups. That's terrible. All right, is that is that do it for Bill's offense, man? Well, just want to, obviously, this is a divisional game. This is going to matter in December when, you know, you've got to choose between going to Buffalo or Miami. Oh, yeah. This, yeah. this is probably the only week so, out of our game. Miners, for sure. All right, let's, uh, let's rattle through these spread alerts real quick uh, just so we can get off here because whenever you're listening to this, it's probably better than uh, 2 o'clock in the morning. But um, and, and Tyler's got a hell of a day tomorrow too, man. Rock chalk, man. Kansas Duke football. Never thought I'd hear Kansas and Duke as a sold-out game, mm. but it is, and I'm going to drive over to Lawrence and check out a pretty awesome environment at the booth. Let's go, man. Fuck yeah. All right, uh, for my spread alert, real quick, uh, I'm going Bengals. Um, Tyler managed to grab them at minus five and a half. Uh, they're sitting at minus six and a half. I would still take that right now. Um, I think a lot of the they, – they have started 0-2. I get it. I get it. There's concern in Cincinnati. But anything – what they did to the offensive line, anything is better than last year. And – they just haven't been playing well so far, and there's no explanation for it except that they just haven't gelled as an offensive line yet. You know, like they haven't been playing together long enough yet. So I think this is the week that they finally start to figure things out on the O-line, and they finally – the talent finally starts to live up there. I mean, they have three all, three pro bowlers on their offensive line. Uh, come on. That's bound to balance itself out at some point. Um, but, yeah, minus six and a half. I'll take Cincy. Also – Big revenge game from last year. They got knocked off by the Jets. It was a huge shocker. Can't imagine. Same reason that I took uh, the Colts to beat the Jags last week, but that didn't happen. You remember? You remember? You remember what game that was last year? Uh, Mike White, man. That was the Mike White. Mike White, four hundred yard game. Dude, his fucking cleats, his jersey are sitting in the hall. He's the first. I think it was the first ever backup quarterback to go for that stat. Those stats. I don't know. It was something, something crazy. But he's in the hall for it. But um. But yeah, I like Cincinnati. They're gonna be pissed after last year, and I think that offensive line is finally put together. And without that, this team is just better than last year. So yeah, I'll go. Huh? That's the thing that I'm worried about with Cincinnati, dude. The offensive line was bad last year, and it's been upgraded significantly. Joe Burrow has still been sacked more times than anybody else in the league. I know. And I know. Yep, I think he's at 13. I think it's a Joe Burrow problem. I think it's a play-calling problem. It's something. I mean, you are facing T.J. Watt and Micah Parsons, who are arguably the two best edge rushers in the league back-to-back, and now you're going to be playing Carl Lawson. But it, it, I don't, I'm not 100% convinced that it's an offensive line problem. Yeah, no, I'm not convinced. Okay, I will wait. say. Okay, I, I understand. I will say this as well: the Jets are one in thirteen their last fourteen straight up in the month of September. Mm. Sheesh. And the Jets are one in five against the spread their last six as a home underdog. You want to guess what that one is? Since the last year. Mm. Damn. Yeah. Pretty easy. But I but I agree with you. I think it's an absolute revenge spot for them. I think it it's they're 0 2. It's a get right game. It's a revenge game. This is a defending AFC champion. If you're gonna get your season back on the tracks, 
this is it. I mean, everything it's a lot of the NFL situations, and this is a great situational spot. The Jets are also coming off a huge momentum high, beating the Browns like they did. And now they have to come back and once again, like I said, play the AFC champion. So yeah, it's situational spot. It definitely lines up for the Bengals in in a get right spot. Yeah, And if the Bengals don't figure it out this week, I'm ready to write them off. Like that's the thing. Like, with the Colts last week, I went to Colts, and I was like, "It's it, like you said, it's all situational. Like, I was like, Colts are going to beat the Jags. Since they got blown out by the Jags scoring zero points, I'm done off the Colts. Like, until further notice. Like, it's it's all situational, so totally right. But how about you dive into your uh, spread alert, man? I can go. Um, mine is the Ravens minus two and a half. Why this line went from three to two and a half, I have no idea. I think it's a little bit of reverse line movement, meaning the public is hammering the Patriots. Bill Belichick's 15 and five against the spread in his in his career as the Patriots coach as a home underdog. Um, so I think there's some of that definitely playing in. But I have no idea really and truly why, unless there's something crazy going on with Lamar. I know the elbow issue has been talked about. I know he's wearing a, a soft... Uh, elbow pad basically during practice but I'm not buying into any of that bullshit to be honest Harbaugh says he's fine I think he's fine I think that this Ravens team is still one of the best in football I mean they were kicking the shit out of the Dolphins for three quarters I know they blew it but like they were up 35-14 going into the fourth quarter and ended up losing I don't like this Patriots team nothing that they did last week shows me that I should have confidence in this team I mean you beat Mitch Trubisky no offense Jaden but like this this Patriots team, we talked about it in the preseason. We talked about it immediately after last season. You know, we were talking about it in the offseason. What on this Patriots team shows me that they're ready to win and compete with a team like the Ravens? Because I still think the Ravens are one of the best teams in the AFC, maybe even in football. Why this line is two and a half, I have no idea. Some people are calling it a trap. Some people are saying Vegas knows what they're doing. The line is here for that reason. I'm not believing in it. I Absolutely, and believing that the Ravens are going to win this game. Since 2019, the Ravens are 11 and 2 against the spread when the spread is between plus three and minus three. This is right at minus two and a half. I love the Ravens in the spot. I would hammer the fuck out of this line. I, I just, I, I go ahead and chirp me if you want, as Vegas knows what they're doing if they end up losing this, but I just, I, I can't see the Ravens losing this game. And if they win by two or they win by one, you know, fuck me. But like, I'm going to take the Ravens by a field goal in this game all day, every day, twice on Sunday. Yeah, I'm with it. I mean, a lot of, like, you can make that argument for every fucking bet that you make. Like, oh, Vegas knows what they're doing. Like, you, you know, like. Yeah, but, like, with the, but like, like the Bengals line went from minus four and a half, and now it's already at minus six and a half. Right. So, like, that makes sense. Yeah. Why does this go from minus three Ravens down to minus two and a half? Like, why does it, why does that half point, and that half point is huge in the NFL anymore. Yeah. Why does that half point shift? And I'll take Justin Tucker. Absolutely. I'll take Justin Tucker to give me a game-winning field goal and the Ravens win by three. Like, I, I could absolutely see that happening. But I just – I have no, no optimism with this Patriots team. Fair enough. All right, Jaden. What you got, man? Yeah, I got uh, KC uh, going to Indy. I still think they're going to win. I, I, I think they're going to be – I think that's, what, minus five? Last time I checked, it was minus, minus five, five and, and a half. half. Yep. Okay. And see, that started at minus six and a half, and it's going to minus five and a half. Yeah. Um, Gus Bradley is the Colts defensive coordinator. He was with Vegas last year. He runs that cover three coverage that Patrick Mahomes um, absolutely destroys every time he plays it. He just 
destroyed Vegas every time he's played them with Gus Bradley there. Um, Didn't think about Shaq, that. Shaq Leonard is out again this week. Um, and Colts are 0-1-1 and, and just got shut out by Jacksonville. So I don't really feel confident in what they're going to be able to do. I know they get Michael Pittman back this week, but the Chiefs just feel better right now. Um, I feel a lot better about the Chiefs than I do about Indianapolis. So. Yeah, Indy's 1-5 against the spread as a home underdog under Frank Wright, and that includes 0-4 in their last four. Key words being um, there, yeah. under Frank Reich. Yeah. Um, under Andy Reid, the Chiefs are 47-25-1 against the spread on the road. One of the best, if not the best, in football. That dude, Andy Reid, man. Imagine just feeling comfortable about your head coach all the time. I mean, Jaden knows how that is. Most of the time. <laughs> yeah, most of the time. But all right, boys. I think that just about does it. Running uh two oh six o'clock in the AM. Uh but yeah, I'll have this edited by tomorrow morning so we can have all of our picks out, all of our analysis. So you can dive into it before you uh hop into your fantasy lineups, hop into your bets, hop into your parlays on Sunday. So good shit, boys. I uh, love to see it. But we will catch you next week. Good luck with all your uh, bets and shit this weekend. And Godspeed, gentlemen. Peace.